0: The issues discussed on the Roll Call Room podcast do not reflect the opinions of any specific agency. Any characters discussed on this show may be fictional for comedic value unless you're a shitbag Steve. This podcast is rated explicit and listener discretion is advised.
1: It will be worth it in the end. The hardest walk you can make is the walk you make alone. But that is the walk that makes you the strongest. That is the walk that builds your character the most. To all of you fighting battles alone. To all of you going against the grain battling the naysayers stay strong keep going stay strong keep going this walk is hard but the hardest walks lead to the greatest destinations the toughest climbs always lead to the best views it will be worth it in the end And if you show what you are made of, the right people will show up in your life. You won't be a lone wolf forever. You have qualities only few can admire because most don't possess. You have strength only few can understand because most have never experienced. So don't give in. Don't settle. Don't lower your expectations to fit into the world. You were born to stand out. You were born to lead. Lead the path. They say the wolf on the hill is never as hungry as the wolf climbing the hill. Always be that wolf climbing the hill. Always hungry for more. Always hungry to grow. To feed your mind and rise to the highest level you can take yourself. Never looking back. Always looking forward to the next feast. Feast of success in whatever you do. It does not matter if you have to walk alone for a while. It is much better to walk alone in the right direction than to follow the herd walking in the wrong direction. Stay strong. Be different. Your destiny is in your hands. Get out there and hunt it.
2: to any device worldwide. FearlessMotivation.com
0: Hello, and welcome to the Roll Call Room podcast that pissed off shitbag Steve Commanders and cost my daddy his job and then pissed them off yet again with his number one book, Mental Health Barricade, on Amazon. And now your host, my Uncle Mike and best-selling author, my daddy. Fuck you, Commanders. Up your ass.
3: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the Roll Call Room podcast. Uh, With me are two very special guests. Um, Mike is not with us. Mike uh, sent me a text message earlier, and he said, I'm going to read it, it says, I am at the National My Little Pony Convention, just scored the best little pony. <laughs> smiley face, unicorn emoji, smiley face, heart face. Okay. Uh, with, me is, <laughs> with me is Swagger and Turk. Uh, they have started a new podcast, uh, which we're going to say who they are, uh, what pod, they, well, they're going to say what podcast, um, and then we're going to uh, let you guys know how this all came about. And uh, go from there, guys. Welcome to the show. How you been?
4: Good, man. Doing Super good. Thanks excited. for having us.
3: It's my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, so, what's the name of your podcast? I can say it, but I like for you for you guys to say
4: it. <laughs> it's called the Spinning Our Gears Podcast,
3: and it's a law enforcement podcast, correct? Or law enforcement geared podcast?
4: It, yes, sir.
3: Okay. Um, and this is near and dear to my heart because you guys just started, you just started this up, correct?
4: Yeah, we, we've we been in the works for about a year now, but we just started recording in 2022.
3: Damn, a year, holy shit. You guys
4: are planning to do it right. Plan- yeah, we, did, we didn't want to, we didn't want to do it wrong, so.
3: Well, <laughs> unfortunately, any way you do it is going to be wrong, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're still on the job. So that kind of adds a dangerous element to it. Um, I know from, uh, from experience, uh, the fans know they've, they have followed us. Um, but it's a, it's a fun time. I remember starting this podcast and it, it, it's a fun time because you're kind of feeling things out. You're kind of feeling, you know, what works, what doesn't work, um, what pisses people off, um, specifically, uh, at the higher chain level, (laughs) uh, you kind of, you kind of discover, uh, what the third rail is and try and stay away from it. Uh, or if you're me, uh, you, you know, you put your tongue on it, you know, (laughs) you just, um, (laughs) uh, so, so these are the exciting times for you, I would imagine. Right. Oh, but scary at the same time. Right.
2: Yeah, we know where bit. the we're trying to figure out where the lines at to draw and then uh, touch it and <laughs> maybe come back from it. Right now,
3: is there really a line though? I mean, no, are I you guys getting past. feedback from people? Are you guys getting tons feedback from people?
4: Tons of it. Tons of but tons it, of feedback. It's yeah. po-
3: positive, right?
4: Yeah. So, like, like, you're saying, like we're saying a little bit ago, we'll we'll release an episode. And then thirty minutes, we've got people wanting to know when the next one comes out. So that's that's very humbling. Yeah,
3: that's a good sign, man. That's a good sign. And we talked about it uh, off off air, which is is that you know law enforcement um, pretty much for the last eighteen to eighteen months to two years now, um, pretty much have gotten our nuts cut off. Um, you know, proactivity is 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 um, kind of been squashed or or beaten out of people. And, um, folks are in cars and they're, they're dying for content, whether it's comedy or it's a real discussion about law enforcement, um, about the daily job. And you don't find that you find a lot of sterile law enforcement podcasts. I will say that there's a lot of sterile ones. And those are usually the ones that, that make it to the top 10, in like law enforcement magazines and and online publications because they're safe. Um and chiefs endorse them because they're they're safe. They don't they don't rock the boat. They're more of like you know um I love handling domestics. Aren't they fantastic? <laughs> um, <laughs> they're like like I love my job. I run in every single day and I just sing show tunes because I love being in law enforcement right now. The leadership is so supportive. Yippee. <laughs> uh,
4: Yet all the tread on their boots you... is still there. And all of the coats <laughs> of Pollock is still there also.
3: Ask them to see their ticket book. And it's like got like the bottom right hand corner's got like copyright 1985
4: on it. Like, they've not, they've never <laughs> it in their they think we're, five we're five. still pressing hard for the fight. five copies.
3: Yeah, yeah, like I mean if if I ever I've 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 been offered one chief of police position since I've left law enforcement, I've interviewed for a couple of them. And the ones that I didn't get, I know the reason why I didn't get them was because I'm a rock the boat kind of person, that and I I won't I won't suck somebody off for the job. <laughs> and I would require my command staff to work one full shift a month, and I don't think that's unreasonable. Uh, and I don't mean work a full shift as in uh, in your leadership position. I mean you get a beat number and you run a fucking you run a, a shift like you are running calls for service. It keeps you sharp. It lets you appreciate where you came from. It makes you a better manager because. You understand what your people are going through. And it also, it it lets you think about things that can be changed to make life easier for people. And you just don't see that. You don't see that. You see it in more in the smaller departments where they have like 10 or 12 officers, the chief, they, they're out there working because they have to, they're not really, you know, because of staffing. And I understand with larger departments like the NYPD and the LAPD, that's kind of hard to do, but there's ways. There's ways to make some of these, these commanders, you know, brush off those old boots. Um,
2: yeah, and like like and maybe, you said, you know, the past like eighteen, eighteen months or so with you know law enforcement just kind of sitting on their hands because they don't want to get sued for anything. That's no different than the same reason why commanders aren't wanting to come out and press, the, you know, push the beat either. You know, they're 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 concerned that they're going to get sued. So um, it's kind of a double edged sword, really.
3: Yeah, I mean we I get I get emails from a lot of a lot of folks that are like, you know, I got this one commander that's, you know, bark's orders at us and he hasn't been out on the street. And, you know, we talked about it off the air, which is is that we're seeing the same stuff happening over and over when there's a chief of police position open. They always hire the the guy or the gal who has 35 40 years in law enforcement. Those shouldn't be the ones that you're hiring for chief of police. Those should be the ones that you should be hiring for janitorial staff. Like <laughs> <laughs> that, that, those fucking dinosaurs need to like go out to pasture. Like you need, you know, you know, you need uh officer Smith who's been riding a fucking motor unit for fucking 25 years. And he's just grit. He's just, he's grit. He's been there. He's dragged his knuckles. He's been, fucked over a few times. He understands what it's like. Those are the people that you need to see start coming in these these leadership positions. Um, and the other thing is, is we're in such a weird time that, why would you want people that have been in this job for 35 years running a department? like, like It's a different piece. It doesn't drive any change, now. that's for sure. No, no. I mean, people are leaving in record numbers and you know, some municipalities are offering early retirement. People are putting in fucking papers and record numbers. I couldn't even imagine it. Like if if I if I had to go back again and, and do it all over again, I would have done it just the same way, but just a lot sooner. Um because I couldn't I couldn't do what you guys do now. I I just couldn't do it. I'd be fired. It'd be like <laughs> one shift and I'd be well, fired. I'd be like, fuck yeah. you, fuck you, fuck you. Uh, but I will tell you're you, going cool, working. You. For the, yeah, you're cool. You're cool. Fuck you. <laughs> we don't know why you're here. Um, you know, well, and, uh, and it's it's. Go ahead. I
4: was just gonna say, to hit that last point. I think it's always funny when you know a commander puts out an email about some suspect we've been dealing with, like it's the first time they've heard the name, but everyone else boots to the streets has heard the name a hundred times in the past week, and they know exactly who it is. We don't need the email.
3: Yep. Yeah, you know, and and it's not just that place; it's it's everywhere, man. Like, I would always—that's I, I, a good point that you bring up because I'd always laugh when they'd come into roll call, like a lieutenant or a captain, and they bring in that like fucking wanted poster, and they're like, oh, you know, Snoopy's wanted. You got to be careful, you know, and this and that. And you're like, fucking, we deal with Snoopy all the fucking time. Who the <laughs> fuck? Like. Come out to the streets. Do you even know where fucking McDonald's is? Like, what the fuck? Like, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And then because there's not a lot of proactive policing going on right now, and they're really, they're bored, they have turned inward to patrol inward. Like, the micromanaging and the frivolous internal investigations that go on now are just astounding. Like, you're like... You guys know you have a recruiting problem, right? Like, you should be throwing a lot more pizza parties. Like, <laughs> yeah. You,
4: you know, well, and would pizza you? Pizza parties would you fix everything. That, would you agree that that micromanaging yes. is coming from supervisors who sat on their hands for ten years and they faked it till they made it, and now it's time that because they don't know what they're doing, they start micromanaging.
3: You know, it's funny that you say that a good friend of mine, Travis Yates, he wrote a really good, um, police leadership book. And one of his entire chapters is about that. It's a, it's about that type of leader. Um, and the ones that are really hardcore, like micromanagers, it's a form of insecurity. It's as much, as much, um, doubt i can put on other people around me i look more competent but in reality you look like a fucking idiot uh, one of my every department has
4: Let's say one of my coworkers called it covering up your star to make theirs look brighter
3: fucking 100% 100% 100% is v- it's very rare to find somebody that leads from the front and that cultivates future leaders um I I think when you hit the stripe level and you're a sergeant, you should instantly be looking for your replacement because you can't move up if you don't have qualified people underneath you. Like, and it just doesn't happen. Like, it's just, it's a, you know, it's, it's a doggy dog world out there and it sucks. It really, um, you know, it sucks. This profession 20 years ago was fucking awesome. I loved it. It was like a brotherhood slash sisterhood, um, you know, everybody took good care of each other. Everybody hung out outside of work. Um, there was a camaraderie and now yeah, it's like shift is over. Everybody is like phew, scatters. Like nobody talks to each other off duty. And if you ever leave the profession like I did, pff, I fucking talked to two people, two people out of over 300 hundred. Two. uh, that's and sick. that's sad, man that's insane it's insane it's even worse when you retire it's like as soon as they give you your fucking like shadow box it's like you're dead they're just like <laughs> here's your shadow box and you know see uh, well and so
4: when you were going through your stuff at the department how many people were reaching out wanting gossip and how many were reaching out making sure you were okay
3: <sighs> that was that was a tough one um it was pretty much 50 50, but I was astounded at how many people were wolves in sheep clothes. Like when I got pushed out of my department, people that I truly respected, people that worked for me that I saved their jobs, were calling me to get information to report back to command staff, even though I wasn't working there anymore. And then they were creating fake. Facebook accounts. So when we were doing our Facebook lives, they would come on and they would, you know, they would, and it was clear that it was people that worked at my old agency. Um, so that's a really good question. And the answer is, is that um, the ones that were like really wanted to know how I was doing, eventually just died out completely. Like they just stopped talking to me, period. Because as this show kept on going on and on and on, It didn't stop me from talking about my former agency because my number one goal was when I left to get my chief of police removed. Um, I was going for him like I was gunning for him. If I was done with law enforcement, you were going to be done with law enforcement. And that's that was my only goal was that. And I bombarded that man every other fucking day with a FOIA request. I made his life a living fucking hell. until uh, a series of FOIA requests that I did uncovered some lies that he he uh, he did uh, to the co- like to the rank and file. He lied about the January sixth um, insurrection on the Capitol, and I FOIA'd his emails, and it's clear as day he fucking lied about it. And um, you know he you uh, he had yourself? no choice. How do you like, look the the, the, the city finally was like, yeah, he he was a piece of shit, man. Like. I fucking hated that dude like um, but it was funny. I it became like a fucking like it became a game like to just fuck with him on a fucking daily basis like and then there were people now that reach out every once in a while that thought I was fucking crazy when I left my department and what I was talking about on the show. They were like uh, they reached out recently and they were like, you know, you were right that that, you know, the former chief, he was a fucking asshole and he was doing this and he was doing that. And I was like, where the fuck were all you people like, you know, it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. It was a it was a bad police department. Just really, really bad. Um, Yeah, It's
2: funny that you bring up the fake Facebook accounts and and all that cuz that's kind of a suspicion <laughs> <clears throat> that we have going on right now. So so I was like, "Oh yeah, that's well, kind of when I brought up to Turk." I'm like, "They're they're watching, man."
3: <laughs> oh, they're watching. They're watching very very closely what you're posting um and they they're, they're going to be listening to this episode. So this is Nick. This is Nick. So when you transcribe <laughs> it, um one, go fuck yourself, and two, uh I will tell you cuz I went through this legal battle like That was the other thing. Me and my former co-host, we got attorneys involved in it, and it was just a fucking, just for a fucking podcast. Like, I can understand if I was Joe Rogan and I fucking had a $100 million contract with Spotify, I don't even get no fucking money out of this. Like, and they were fucking busting busting our balls. So we had attorneys look at it. and They were like, because we thought we didn't have any right as law enforcement to have a public opinion. And that's true if you when you're in uniform, like they fucking control what you can say, obviously. And the reason for that is because there's been a lot of dumb fucking people that have said stupid shit in uniform. But as far as a podcast, there's certain parameters that you have to stay within, which any smart person would know uh not to do. Like we never talked about where we worked, like specific agency, because that's right. fucking suicide. And we never talked about specific, we never used people's names, but we told stories. And what was funny, and this may happen to you or has already happened to you, we would tell stories about shitty commanders in our department. And then like, we'd come in the next day after we released the episode, and we'd be walking down the hallway and they'd be like, oh, were you talking about Sergeant so-and-so? Or were you talking about Captain <laughs> so-and-so? We were like... Yeah, we were talking about them, and they were like, "Oh man, I fucking, I figured it was him. I figured it was him." And I was like, "Yep." But you know, if we haven't got to the point and, yet of,
4: of commanders, but
3: oh, it's coming, man. It's coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. Baby steps. <laughs> Baby steps. I love it. Um, but you know, the thing is, we used to say it like I think the earlier episodes are still available on Spotify. But we used to say it all the time, which is if you are hearing this stuff. And you're in our department, do some self reflecting. Say to yourself, hey, listen, am I that guy? Am I that girl? Am I doing this? And if the answer, if you're even doubting whether or not you do that, then you do it. And you got to stop fucking doing it because nobody wants to work for that fucking asshole. Nobody wants to work for a dick. If you're, if you're, if you take good care of your fucking people, you lead from the front and you make an honest, Good faith decision, when you're making decisions, people are going to respect you. When I was a sergeant, there were a lot of shitty decisions that I had to make. There was a lot of shitty stuff I had to do to officers because they did it to themselves. But I was brutally honest with them. When I would do an internal investigation, I knew from the fucking moment I started doing the investigation that somebody was going to get their dick smacked. I knew it. And I would tell them, I would be like, listen, you're not going to lose your job, but this is going to fucking hurt. Like, you're going to get smacked around, but this is the reason why you're going to get smacked around, and I'm going to try and do my fucking best, jump on a grenade for you to to mitigate as much of the collateral damage as possible, and that's what your job is, and I think fucking commanders and sergeants forget that, they forget that's the reason why, they're the buffer between upstairs, you know, they're in the shit sandwich, you got the officers at the bottom, you got you, and then you got the fucking airheads up at the top, and you got to be that buffer. And I don't think that that happens very much anymore. It's unfortunate. It really is. Well, to,
4: to pat you on the back a little bit, those earlier episodes, Swagger and I were introduced by a former supervisor who was hearing your episodes and realizing That's that paper heart. for paper for minor stuff is bullshit. And mm-hmm. he actually made a lot of amends after hearing your stuff and realizing that it's bullshit and he shouldn't be doing it. <clears throat> yep.
3: Yep. And now the pendulum has swung the other way, which is, is you're doing even more paperwork for dumb shit. Like, um, is it LAPD? I think it's LAPD. If it's one of the fans that are in LAPD, first of all, get out of there, go somewhere else. Uh, second of all, um, email me because I want to know, I think I read an article somewhere. I read so much shit, um, that now, uh, handcuffs on somebody is a use of force investigation, So when you place handcuffs on somebody, it's a use of force investigation because you are using force and you're taking their liberties away from them. Detainment or arrest. That's the article that I read. doesn't matter if it's a detainment or arrest, put handcuffs on somebody, the supervisor has to investigate it. It's a fucking absurd. That's absurd. The amount of stupid fucking investigations. I once did, I once did this investigation guys one of my officers for not giving a business card to a citizen. For not giving a fucking business (laughs) card to a citizen. He said my badge number, this is my name, and that's it. And the person came trotting into police headquarters, and I went upstairs because we were down in the basement. I came upstairs. I was like, how can I help you? And they were like, I want to make a complaint against so and so. And I was like, really? That guy? Like, That's weird. They were like, he wouldn't give me his business card. I was like, get the fuck out of here. What? (laughs) And I was like, and the funny part was, is I didn't have any business cards on me. So when they asked for my <laughs> shit, I was like, I don't have any on me. I ran out. And the department doesn't even fucking pay for them. That's the other thing, by the way, guys. Um, so I went downstairs. I went to my fucking lieutenant, who was a fucking idiot. And he was like, you got to investigate it. You got to ask for a, a II number. Um, you got to enter it in the system. I was like, so my officer is going to give a fucking ding because we, we had a reporting system called Blue Team. I don't know what you guys use, but we have this reporting system that some fucking idiot from our department brought over. And Blue Team, what it does is every time you get an internal investigation, it logs it on each different officer. And there is a grading system for each officer going from green, yellow to red. When they hit the yellow... They need to be pulled in. They need to be sent for like for a bull judo or whatever they need to do to not hit that red. And if they hit the red, then they're high risk. Then you need to really fucking hone in and start micromanaging them because they're getting too many uses of force. It doesn't take into consideration that this officer is a drug addiction officer who deals with the worst of the worst and is making 100 arrests a month, and out of 100, three of them fight him, and he punches the, punches the shit out of them, and they get to use force. Now he's in the red. So the the system makes it look like he's a fucking troublemaker, but in reality, he's not. So writing an officer up for not having a fucking business card, that's a ding, and that goes on your evaluation at the end of the year, for our department it was. And my yep. lieutenant was like, that's th- that that's it. That's the policy. It says it in the policy that you have to give your name and rank. And I said, He did give his name and rank. He's like, Well, just just do it. You know, you he, you're gonna clear him anyway. I was like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. We shouldn't be do- using internal investigations just to appease citizens. We should be telling them, Hey, listen, go fuck yourself. Here's a QR code. Scan this. It's on my dick. <laughs> See, I, t- I told you guys before I couldn't get back into law enforcement. Now, like I, I get fired, man. I wouldn't deal with that shit. I'd be like, "You want my business card? Sure. It's on my deck." Well, imagine getting that <laughs> call as a sergeant. Like
4: yeah. you know, you know, for us, for us, our department's a little bit better in the fact that, like, I'll I'll willingly hand out my information and tell them go file a complaint because I know I know that I didn't do anything wrong and it's all being recorded but our program oh, you is guys called body cam secret squirrel program
2: yeah uh, we, we got body cam <laughs> oh, fuck
4: it yeah it's, it's called a manila envelope and a secret squirrel folder when they want to use it
3: the buddy fuck system the buddy yeah. fuck system <clears throat> which is i will pull this out when i when i when i need something or when i am i no longer need you uh, which is which is fucking ridiculous. body cam we didn't have them. Our, our city couldn't afford it or they could afford it, but they wouldn't fucking they wouldn't do it because they were like, ah, oh, we don't want to spend six million dollars on this shit, um, which is great because made my life easier as a supervisor. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw uh, my ADHD is kicking in. Um, there was an FBI um, report that came out. I think it was this month. So the big thing was a big push for body cams. So over the last 18 months, body cams, body cams, body cams is going to change everything. We're going to get to see how much excessive force there is with law enforcement, how you know disrespectful they are to the public. So the FBI released a report, I think it was last week or the week before, and it has had zero effect on law enforcement uses of force, zero, even with all the stuff in the news with, uh, Kim Potter and, um uh Sh- Shavin, shop where the fuck dummy's name is um it has a head is ha- it's had no effect whatsoever uh it's been zero change so all this toting about body cams has done nothing but get uh axion fucking super rich like yeah. <laughs> those motherfuckers are like they're rolling in the dough they're like
4: oh yeah so body we, camps. We, <laughs> Oops, go ahead
3: no, no, you're, uh, go ahead.
4: Oh, well, so we filled our memory banks within the first year, and then we started getting new policies <laughs> talking about, you know, whether or not we should label a video and whether it's going to go to the cloud. And I mean, it was, it was quick. So those guys are making a ton of money. They're making fucking bank.
3: And not only are they making bank, but like cases are getting thrown out of court because uh, the cloud is not secure as secure as people think it is. Right. And, axion the staff at axion i think like uh, it's some fucking crazy number like 1200 people have access to the cloud so in essence 1200 people have the ability to manipulate a video if they wanted to why they would want it why they would want to manipulate snoopy's fucking arrest in fucking dumb fuck new mexico is beyond me but defense attorneys are using it they're like i want to get this thrown out because it's not secure And it's working, you know, so good for them for using it.
4: Checks and balances.
3: That's it, baby. Checks and balances. (laughs) (laughs) Checks and balances. Uh, So, um, what have you guys discussed on your show already? What do you have planned? What could the people uh, expect from you? Um, I heard that there's going to be a dunk tank no okay no
4: no <laughs> no <laughs> no don't take. all right all right um so so far we've you know we're pretty in much in the infant stages we've only released a few episodes but kind of our the premise are, what's that
3: i like them uh who was the one that sent it to me that was me dirk yep. yeah you sent it to me and you were like hey could you uh could you listen to these and i was like fuck yeah listen to them and uh i was listening to them on my way into work because um I have a boring government job now, so this is what I do.
4: <laughs> um, I guess the premise of our of our podcast is we kind of like to think of it as like the two squad cars in a parking lot, driver's side door to driver's side door, you know, just talking about life, talking about work. And from our experience, that was the best therapy you could have at times. Um, yep. you know, you're having issues at work, having issues at home. You talk to your buddy in either the five minutes between hot calls or the, the hour on overnights so when nothing's going on. And sometimes you get your problem solved. Sometimes you don't, but you feel better driving away from there because you got it off your chest.
3: And that's, that. that's beautiful because with everything that's going on in law enforcement, mental health, um, you know, I, you, you're, you're probably, or you are, I'd, I'd bet that you are already are giving people relief that they need. Um, that's always been the goal of this podcast was mental health and, having people have an outlet and not being ashamed to 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 be like, hey, you know, I'm not okay. And it's good. I like that's what I love about your show was I felt like I was in the car. Like I felt like I was in the room with you guys. I like the flow. I like how it went. I felt like I was in the in the car, but I was in the back seat. Like I was the suspect that was pissing all over himself. <laughs> that was me. Like I felt like I felt like I had my head like peeking between the divider, like the shining. I was like, Hey,
4: what's up guys. (laughs) Uh, You were the naked guy (laughs) that I had to fight that we talked about. Yes.
3: (laughs) Yes. uh, You know what I love about that episode was you were so fucking right. I think we talked about it like in season one. It's never fucking chain of It's never fucking (laughs) like that fucking guy with the weird eye from Aquaman. Uh, What's his name? I don't know. Yeah. That guy. It's never them. No. It's always like Coco with like one eye and a droopy lip. (laughs) And a weird you end up losing your
4: hand somewhere for a little bit and you're not sure where it went. Oh yeah, dude.
3: Yeah. Like (laughs) oh I tell you, you know, I used to I got like especially in the um the Crown Vicks, which were really fun. I loved Crown Vicks. I got to be like a real expert looking through the rearview mirror and knowing whether or not somebody was taking a piss in the back of my car. I got to be <laughs> an expert. And let me tell you, that's not good. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not normal. You know, like I would like look in the rearview mirror and I'd be like, motherfucker, this motherfucker is pissing in the back of my fucking car. And you could just tell, man, they got <laughs> that face. They're just like, oh,
1: oh, oh,
3: and then they get all happy. Cause the bladder is, and you're like what the I just really fucker. <laughs> yeah, one we, a, one I don't know about you guys. Yeah, yeah, the lean back—that's when it's over. It's like, <laughs> oh, Turk, yeah. you were the last
2: one to have a Crown pick at the department, weren't, weren't you? I was. <sighs> yeah, I love that I car.
3: Wanna- i want to buy one as a personal vehicle like i just i love you can tell that your backup was coming from a mile away because it sounded like a fucking like john deere coming (laughs) yeah you're like oh you're fucking done buddy you're done i fucking knew it man i'm like the cavalry's coming motherfucker um but then now you have like the tauruses and the explorers that sound like just like a vagina kind of just like
2: get the high wine. what the fuck yeah you know who
4: hated the. you know who hated those crown vicks was our dispatchers because between the engine and then my dog barking (laughs) over the fucking radio Can can you repeat can you repeat
3: before i left my department they had bought three uh uh what do they call those uh hybrid cars and they were silent like it was like a push button start and you didn't even know that the car was on like i don't know i couldn't do that man like nypd has 200 teslas man i would be fucking wrecking them i would destroy them i'd be like <laughs> let's see what this battery's got you know uh but we
2: got you know we got one car that's uh <clears throat> it's going uh it's it's an explorer, but it sounds like it's going to take off every like thirty seconds, and then it just starts to quiet back out, and then it's like take off again. You're going, oh, this thing's going to blow up. You so, just see like the suspects standing around the vehicle because they're like, what's wrong with the vehicle?
4: <laughs> so, so Nick, we've got the one that he's talking about has almost hundred and fifty thousand miles on it, and then we've got Holy another shit. one. We've got another one that's brand new that is sitting in the garage and has been sitting there for a year and has not been outfitted yet. <laughs> what? Yeah. What the fuck? We're being See, told that I'm, COVID has got stuff on back order and they can't get the parts to outfit oh my, it. But <laughs> that's bullshit. We <We're> blame
3: COVID <laughs> on everything, bro. Like it's well, COVID it's really, is it's really like every Pacific
4: Ocean. Somebody mm-hmm. and it it definitely was not anyone on this podcast, but somebody wrote in the dust, "Wash me," and <laughs> there was an email about shortly after that.
3: Don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> don't no, do, don't that. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I tell you, you know, um, that was one thing about my old department was they never kept, kept cars over 54,000 miles. Like they they got rid of them pretty quickly. It was just that's the way that they had it in the budget. So we always had nice cars. And then like there'd be a couple of stragglers, like old, old cars just like kind of hanging around. And those are the ones that just got like passed around like a fucking like a five dollar whore, you know, he just right. fucking <laughs> just trying to run that thing into the ground. Um but the newer cars, I don't I don't know. I don't like the Taurus. I think the Taurus fucking feels like a sardine can when you're trying to drive the it. There's garbage. like no room. In it. Yeah, it's garbage, man. And even the Explorer, like it's a little bit better, but I like the Tahoe's real nice. Um but oh, that Crown Vic, man. The Crown Vic is just you know, if it's good enough to be a fucking taxi, it's good enough to be a police car. <laughs> <laughs> Those things so are the um, law enforcement. <laughs> oh, they were around fucking, like, forever, dude. They, like, and uh, Ford's bringing them back. That's the other thing. Ford Ford's bringing back the Crown Vic. So, just for law I did law see enforcement,
4: that. I did see that. It's going
3: to be fucking crazy. It's going to be crazy. Um,
4: so. Least, fuck, we, we, in, all these new kids are going to complain about it, but.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. They're gonna be like, "This thing's a piece of shit." I want a Dodge <laughs> Charger. <laughs> I want, I want the transmission to fail. Um, <laughs> but, but in true roll call room fashion, it would not be uh, a real episode if I didn't uh, do a game with you guys. All right.
4: Right on. I was hoping. So this, this is gonna. Yeah,
3: I worked all day at work today. Your tax dollars on your next paycheck, where it says, Spica, <laughs> thank you. You paid for this game. Um, <laughs> so, uh, this game is called Name That TV Show, Name That Police TV Show. And this is straight out of IMDb, just so people don't think that I'm bullshitting that I made these <laughs> up. Uh, I'm going to read the description of what's in the IMDb description, and then you guys tell me what the show is. All right. Well, Mike was if Mike was on this thing, he'd get like zero out of whatever so many <laughs> there are. He's, he's terrible at these and he fucking hates them. Um, all right. Detectives from the NYPD's 15th precinct investigate homicides within their precinct. What law enforcement TV show is it? <laughs> Holy shit. Do you guys need me to? Your police officer. Can you guess? So let me read this one. More. <laughs> Detectives from the NYPD's 15th precinct investigate homicides within their precinct. What show? You guys going to get so much fucking hate mail from people.
2: Is this yeah, like a
3: viewer show? No, I can't tell you that. Come on, man. Well,
4: we don't have time a cop, to you. <laughs> This is like a classic, man.
2: How could you you not get this?
4: I I have no idea. I'm I'm
2: taking a guess. I'm taking a guess. And is it NYPD Blue? Boom! Yeah! Yeah, that's right, man. I I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, Blue Bloods, no. It's got to be something else. But you started talking about NYC, and I'm going, it has to be NYPD.
3: Yep, 15th Precinct. All right, next one. Series following an elite team of police investigating as experts as they work their cases in Las Vegas. It's the worst description.
4: <laughs> That's got to be a CSI.
2: CSI? Right?
3: Boom. Good job, yeah, guys. Now, listen, if you guys don't get this one, I want you to march into your fucking chief's office tomorrow and give your badges back, all right? <laughs> Cam- ca- camera crews follow police officers while they work
2: well there's there's two of those though
3: yeah, live you... pd or uh, cops i'm only going with the classic
2: right, cops. cops obviously i cops.
3: am boom you got it all right this is a good one you got to know this one the baltimore drug scene as seen through the eyes of drug dealers and law enforcement
4: the wire yep
3: boom nice Or better known as uh, Baltimore City's mayor's office. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The next one is follows two undercover detectives as their extended team through the mean streets of Miami, Florida.
2: Oh, bad boys. And their
3: extended. This is TV show.
2: Oh, TV show! Bam! You got it. All right. I didn't know if we were you switching to movies. Eat.
3: No, 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 no.
2: All right. All TV I not, shows. I would never got trick it. you
3: like that, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Integrity. <laughs> no matter what my last agency says. All right. Uh, comedy <laughs> comedy series following the exploits of a detective and his diverse lovable colleagues as they uh, as they police the NYPD's blank precinct. I can't tell
4: you the Brooklyn precinct. Brooklyn nine nine. Damn! Fuck yeah, man! <laughs> I'm Fuck. nothing but a nerd, if that.
3: He fucking carried you on this game, man.
2: Yeah, yeah, he absolutely did. Turk is Turk that is was still in the show.
3: All right, you guys got it, man. Let's see, that was easy, right? I it, can I fucking thought... tell Mike for for yeah, Turk it was easy, man. for uh, for me not so much. Yeah, well, you know, he carried you, know... you man.
4: Speaking of Mike, we scheduled this appointment, and I had some guy named Mike calling me from another podcast, saying he wanted me on. And I said,
3: oh, "I don't know who you uh, are." Uh, so the original, Wait. the original fucking uh, Mike.
4: <laughs> I said, uh, "I said the roll call room is my ride or die, and I'm not, I'm not moving away from it."
3: I'm starting another podcast because <laughs> the other one was unsuccessful. So. <laughs> <laughs> Cops want to listen to religious shit. That's what they want to listen to while they're driving around. Um, but the current Mike, uh, he, he, uh, he absolutely fucking hates, hates it, hates it. Uh, the next episode him and I do together, we we're um, I don't know if you guys saw, we did a wing, uh, hot wing challenge and, um, yep. I'll, ne- I'll never do that shit again. That, that, fucking, that <laughs> fucked me up. <sighs> My fucking asshole has never been the same after that. Um, <laughs> but we're going to do that hot chip. You guys, uh, yeah. You have, have you seen that one?
2: Yep. I was oh, just going to ask you, if you guys are doing that next.
3: Uh yeah. I got. I I got it like two months ago. I've just been fucking waiting for Mike for us to do it, and then we want to do a hard-boiled egg challenge. Ooh. Like who could who could eat the most hard-boiled eggs?
4: And sit in a squad car together.
3: <laughs> I want. You know what? I think we eat hard-boiled eggs and sit in a sauna together. Oh. Ooh. Think about well, that, I bro. Would...
4: That would entertain one of our listeners. Yeah, he he loves the sauna.
3: Does
2: he?
4: I don't I know if you like hard-boiled eggs. <laughs> only, only listens for five minutes. The sauna.
3: I the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever gotten a picture was one of our fans listening to our show uh, on on the shitter. Like, I was like, you don't need to share that, bro. You know, there's things. We should just leave to the imagination. That's one of them.
4: Well, personal. fellas,
3: I appreciate you guys You guys coming on. Tell them again what the name of the show is.
4: The Spinning Our Gears podcast.
3: And uh, there's a couple episodes out right now. You can find them on Spotify. You can find them
4: on... Uh, are
3: you guys on Apple, too?
4: We're on Apple, Spotify, and Google.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um,
4: We're on Google for please? right now. We'll see
2: how long that lasts. <laughs> Censored, gone.
3: Well, you know what? Home Depot's hiring, so there's, there's no... <laughs> I would love to see two two like former law enforcement guys working at fucking Home Depot. Like, it'd <laughs> be fucking hilarious. Like, who do I look like <laughs> to you? <laughs> <laughs> fucking stocking shelves. Leave me the fuck alone.
4: so where I need <laughs> you to be right come. now. <laughs>
3: what is it ask tell and make that's that's,
4: that's the yes
3: yeah you're learning i need you to leave my i need you to leave my aisle (laughs) i'm telling you to leave my aisle i'm making (laughs) you leave my i take it
4: you listen to sovereign citizens
3: yeah fuck yeah i did man fuck yeah (laughs) (laughs) i do my homework bro (laughs) i'm smart i wrote books (laughs)
4: your books are fucking excellent by the way I'm going to give you a plug on your own show as if you need it
3: (laughs) I appreciate it I I honestly don't know where those come from Uh, I started doing um, I started partnering up with people that have reached out that are really really awesome people in law enforcement or just left law enforcement that have been like you know I want to write a book I just don't know where to start and then I'm like Let's do one together. Let's do your first one together. So now we're doing a series of of five books that are training books. Um, We put one out that was uh, The Traffic Stop. We put one out that's Mental Health and De-Escalation. We're putting one out called The Subject Stop. That should be coming out pretty soon. We're doing one called Homicide Investigations, Um, the published publication company made me change the name of it. It was homicide investigations, how not to trip on your dick, Uh, but they won't (laughs) let me have that. Um, And then the third, the fifth one is uh, domestic calls. Uh, Always bring a bandaid. That's not the name of it, but it's just domestic. (laughs) Um, But we're just, I'm trying to, trying to pass the torch on. Like I know a lot of the new officers, they're not getting really good training or they're getting trained by, you know two-year officers or three-year officers and um it's bad man it's really bad like there's people that are getting trained by like officers that just like have a year on like i just i don't understand that like i don't understand what you're supposed to learn with that like how to fuck up i mean i just don't know um so we put these books together Yeah. And I think a lot of it is, is a lot of the senior officers don't want to fucking field train because they're like, that's an even bigger liability. Like,
4: look what happened. Or they're told by their uh, command staff, they have too much on their plate. But then when they get it six months later, they're told that it's excellent.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always like that one. Oh, you know, got a lot of stuff on your plate. I just want you to focus on what you you got going on now and we'll reevaluate in the future. Well, I want to reevaluate how much you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> That's what I want to evaluate. Um, but yeah, so um, we'll, um, I forgot where I was going with that. Man, this ADHD is fucking killing me. Um, God, I can't wait for Alzheimer's or, or <laughs> I just can't wait, man. It's going to be so awesome. Every day is going to be a different day. Um. I'm going to get an email about that. I can already tell. tell. (laughs) Uh, So you you guys have a couple of episodes out. I encourage uh, the fans go check it out. Uh, And the thought process was, is when we don't have episodes out of the roll call room um, or when we do listen to both of them uh, because we get tons of emails from people asking why we're not putting one out a week and uh, we're trying, um, but uh, life happens. So, uh, gents, do you have anything you want to, uh, you want to tell the fans before we go? Turkey got anything? I got nothing, man.
4: <clears throat> I just, I, I doing everything I could not to geek out right now. This was awesome for both of us to come on here. Cause we love your show so much and try not to be a fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was
2: now sitting wait, over here trying wait. to reel him in like the whole past week. <laughs> <Calm down>. <laughs> <laughs> like the scene off of, uh, you know, the office, you know? What's the procedure? <laughs> <I'm just like.
3: laughs> no script either. Everything is except for the fucking game. There's no there's no script ever for the show. Like in
2: that that's um, the best way to do it is just wing it.
3: Just wing it and we don't even edit anymore. Like when we first started, we would edit because uh my original co-host would say the department's name or or he'd let it slip. Um he'd say my last name or Uh, when we were telling stories about a commander, we, we would let it slip who it was and I have to go back and fucking delete it. And then once I left the department, I was like, fuck you. Like, this is who I used to work for. This is the chief that was a fucking dick. And, um, you know, that would, that there's no more editing. So, but I don't have any, like, I don't work for law enforcement or else I I would have to edit or, you know, um, uh, censor some of the stuff that i did so um i feel for you guys i've been in your spot i know what it's like to kind of walk on eggshells um, but you know do the fans right uh stay genuine stay the course that you are right now and uh you guys are gonna have uh great success i think it's gonna i think it's gonna kick off really well for you
4: hopefully we we're looking it. to make the we're looking to make the career field better for us for those that came before us and those that are gonna come after us so
3: that's that's all you can do. That's all you can do. Um, you know, one person at a time. Uh all right, folks. Uh as always, if you need to get a hold of me, you can reach me at Nick at rollcallroom.com. Uh check out the books on Amazon, and uh you can go on our site, rollcallroom.com. Uh all right, fellas. It's been a pleasure. And uh be safe, everybody.
0: Do you want to help the Roll Call Room podcast keep going? Of course you do. Join Patreon and pledge to the show each month. Tiers start at $5 and you could get some pretty cool shit with it, including swag and access to listen to episode clips early. So put that Starbucks coffee down and help my dad keep the show going. Don't be a fucking Steve. Go to rollcallroom.com to pledge today.